0: Terms
1: apply, Visit You know business. Hello again. Welcome to Southeastern 14, where we recap basketball games. And today we're recapping the ones from Wednesday night, March the what was it, the 28th? March? To, no, February the 20th We're almost <laughs> to March. I'm, I'm trying Been to get us March there.
2: Madness already. Their favorite time of year. Chris just wants to. He's circling something in April. This guy's I, always I a month ahead to get there month ahead. He's, well, he's, March Madness is over for Chris. Man, we really missed out this year, Max. <laughs> Before we go forward, we must go backwards. Who won? We're going to talk. <laughs> Who made the final four? Fight.
1: We're off to a rousing start here. We are. Um, Anyway, we're going to talk about the food fight. Tennessee's win over Auburn. We're going to talk about South Carolina's win on the road at Texas A&M. Florida's hanging on for dear life. Uh some point of the second half that's probably overstating to beat missouri and then alabama's romp at oxford last night before we get to that we remind you bet online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs including pro and college hoops throughout the year with up to the minute odds stats and trends you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices Head to BetOnline today, become part of the team. Remember, use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the game starts here. All right, things got kicked off in Knoxville last night. I felt like that second half took two hours to play. Uh, gentlemen, we, we may finally have an answer in our Player of the Year debate. Dalton Connect was unbelievable. We, we talked about what Kentucky did in its last 12 minutes. Dalton Connect said, hold my food. I'm going to score 25 points in the last 12 minutes and carry my team to a win. That is exactly what he did. That that was an amazing performance. That will be one that, that people were watching that game in Knoxville in person or telling their kids and their grandkids about uh, that. That was literally a performance for the ages, Blake.
2: It was really good. Yeah, I mean, he was the um... – I think most people's choice for Player of the Year coming into it. Although, as we've said, I think it's a way more interesting race than people think, with with Broom and Sears and Reeves, all those guys. But yeah, I mean, this guy just he just showed why he was a front runner and um, why there's not really anyone else like him out there uh, to score 39. I was I was getting ready. Max knows the stat. I was getting ready to put out. I was hoping Connect was going to score 43. And the reason why is so that I could go back to last year's 46-43 game and say, this guy just outscored an entire team from last year's game and almost outscored one of the others. Um, But, yeah, like just that's the difference between going from the game you saw last year between these two teams to the game you saw this year is Dalton Connect because he adds 39, as you said. And, like, it wasn't even one of those where it's like, all right, it took him 40 shots to get to 39. Nah. But 21 shots, that's it. I mean, come on. 10 to 12 from the free throw line. This guy just took over. He's just raising above people. I mean, it's just like the Mike Breen, as um, Max said yesterday. The rise and bang. Like, that was what this guy did time and time again. And just knocking down big shot after big shot after big shot. Ziegler, I thought, made a lot of good plays in this game. He was huge. Um, You know, I think Adu was – I don't know if he's in foul trouble necessarily a little bit. I mean, he still played 28 minutes. No, he fouled out ultimately, but I thought he still did some good things given what you knew you were going to get on the other side. Broom had a, you know, a usual Jani Broom game, um, 23 points. What do you have? Nine rebounds, five assists. So usual stuffing of the stat sheet there. You know, Denver Jones, I thought, hits, you know, a big shot here or there. Um, of course, let's, let's also remember this too. When we did the preview, we thought there was a zero- Percent chance that, Z- that Jalen Williams was going to play in this game. I don't oh, think, yeah. I had no idea that he yeah. would be back ready to go for this one. And then <laughs> right after we recorded this preview, I think the, the tweet was put out or something like he was questionable he would travel and he was questionable. I'm like, wow, surely they're just saying that to kind of, you know, less a little, you know, gamesmanship, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, he may play, he may not play. We're going to at least let them think about it. And then he winds up playing, you know, what, 21 minutes. So he's officially back now. And so, yeah, I mean, this was a really good game. But I think you can sum the game up as simple as this. I mean, just one team had Dalton connect, one did not. And that's what it came down to. I mean, the guy just, he took over the game.
3: Listen, when when you, we talk about Jalen Williams being back, one, like you said, Blake, had no clue he was even going to play. But you give 12 points on an efficient, What was it? He made – he was three of five from inside, one of four from three, a little bit below his three-point average, but makes all his free throws, three rebounds, four assists. I mean, come on. I mean, it's a a normal Jalen Williams game. You would have no clue that he, you know, just – what did he do to that knee? I don't know the exact structural damage or whatever it was, but it looked brutal when he he went down. Comes back, what, two weeks later and and has a game like that at Tennessee – I, I love this kid, Jalen Williams. And if you talk to anybody around this Auburn program, I mean, they just love him. They love the attitude that Jalen Williams brings and how humble he is. So if there was anybody to uh, kind of escape an injury and, and bounce back quick, I'm glad it was it was Jalen. But getting get to the game, I mean, Bruce Pearl, I'm glad you mentioned Ziegler, Blake, because Bruce Pearl said after, he said, Ziegler getting downhill and getting into the lane was just causing so many issues for them. Um, and, and with the spacing that they had with connect just makes it easier for Ziegler to kind of beat his man one on one but where I, where I want to talk about with this Tennessee team is down low. I know everyone's going to be talking about Connect. I even put a, a quote from from Barnes as uh, his presser on my Twitter this morning. Barnes said that Connect was was walking back on the court at 10:30 p.m. last night to practice. What? You just put up 39, almost put up a 40 bomb and it's 1030. Everyone's going home. Rick Barnes is leaving the arena and connect is coming back in to get more shots up. My, I mean, geez, he's this got the tide just, on
2: Saturday. Come on. He's got to be ready to go. Game just day.
3: Stop The tide. Not even, Tuscaloosa. Not even a one night off. Not, not even maybe go get a nice little meal after the game. Nah, no, nope. Man. Nope. No time. This is, it's almost like Chris said, it's March. Almost. <laughs> But um, yeah, I thought I thought connect just his his work ethics unbelievable. But what I wanted to get to was the big guys here for Tennessee. L- listen to this, Tobey Tobe Awaka passed three games. Okay, he's averaging just under 21 minutes a game, 13.7 rebounds a game And the past three games. If they start getting this from awaka, underneath Adu, man, that that adds another element. But I'm not done, Adu. Past five games, he's averaging sixteen and nine, over two blocks a game. So while Connect and Zieg's and um, they're going to get all this credit, all this talk about how well they played, man, Adu what Adu and Awaka are doing for this front court is special. They're they're raising this Tennessee team to another level.
1: I Have some things I want to bring up about Auburn in a minute, but I, I want to finish unpacking some stuff with Tennessee first. I mean that. <sighs> That performance was so some phenomenal, dogs it's got Oreo out, out of his mind. Rick Barnes got um, some
2: dogs out there on the floor. Well, you know who That's else Rick think.
1: Barnes got to the dog is Akai Ziegler because Max brought it up. He had four big free throws. As big of the points Connect got, the, the four foul shots that Ziegler hit down the stretch. And, and it kind of got to the point I – I guess you can't give Connect the ball every time down the floor expecting to make a play uh, because Auburn knew what was coming. You did see him give it up a time or two. Ziegler – Maybe one of the biggest possessions of the game. Well, not maybe it was. He he took the ball, circled around, drove, yep. uh, tried to shoot a layup on, from the right side. Got fouled with like a second on the shot clock. Hit both of them. That was one thing. And and the other thing. And this is where Connect's presence was was big thing. Do you remember the shot? I mean, it was a ridiculous shot. He Dalton Connect hits so many ridiculous shots that that. But it's a little bit of a curse. That's about the only thing, bad thing I can say. You remember the one that he took with a guy in his face from about thirty feet straight away, and and it hit the backboard about three feet above the rim. Um, but did you notice what happened? Everybody was just kind of standing around, mesmerized by Dalton connect, waiting Someone to make the O-board. play. Yeah, it easily grabbed it and laid it in. And that's that's part of the package too. Is he is such a superstar. That, that everybody just kind of sits around, and, and if you're not
2: careful, you can let somebody else beat you too. Well, I mean, there was one play where Ziegler, I don't remember the setup, but it's kind of one of those where they were garden connect with everything they had, and Ziegler, I, I'm pretty sure Ziegler dribbled around everybody on the floor. Like, I yeah, everybody 100%. on the floor, he just he dribbled around everyone. And I think it was like, what, had two seconds left on the shot clock or something, and he got fouled. He dribbled yeah. around the entire Whip half around. court and he went all the way in the lane, came all the way around the other side. And then yeah, I think he got fouled. I don't remember what happened after. He may have passed it to somebody. I don't remember, but I'm just like, this is what you get. Everybody's all, you know, trying to double Dalton connect and you got everybody overplaying to make sure he doesn't get the ball. And Ziger's like, fine, I'm just going to go out here and Harlem Globetrotter style. We, we got a couple of Harlem Globetrotter type plays last night. You had that one. You had Chad Baker Mazzara throwing the behind the back pass. Um, you know, it ultimately went out of bounds. But I know commentary was like, you can't throw that pass. I'm like, you watched the replay. He put it right in his hands. He just wasn't ready for it. Like, I mean, he put it right in Broom's hands, I think. And it was just – you weren't expecting a behind-the-back pass. So I wasn't, you know, that upset. But you guys know I like my I like my flashiness, you know, when it comes to, to basketball. I don't just, you know, unlike Max, who is unfocused when it comes to this kind of stuff. But – um, I <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I got some for Tennessee fans in a second, but I know Chris wants to talk about Auburn for a minute, so we'll, we'll do that.
1: Well, here's my takeaway on Auburn. I don't know if it's shared by anybody or not, but I I don't think if you're Auburn, you come away feeling any worse about this. First of all, South Carolina is the only team that's won a food fight this year, other than Tennessee. So that's number one. Number two, I'm just going to read you some stuff from the stat sheet. Um, you get... 23-9, five assists also, by the way, from Broome, who was magnificent in his own right. You shoot 41% from three. The, the fouls, you get called for 25. Tennessee gets called for 21. Tennessee outshoots you by seven at the foul line. Auburn's a little foul prone, as we've talked about. So that those outcomes all could have been worse. Rebounding, you get out rebounded thirty seven thirty that's that's maybe not what you wanted, but it's in the realm of possibility you did all those things you got connected at the end of the day, you had a shot to win it in the final minute, and you came up a little short. I don't think that you feel any worse about this if you're auburn I, I'm not suggesting they are, but that that's how I see it
2: yeah, i mean there's uh-huh. no there's no moral victories, but I mean you have to remember here, right? Tennessee was up nine with like 18 and a half minutes to go in the second half. Auburn was up eight with 12, basically 12 and a half minutes to go. So in a span of six minutes, Auburn had just taken over the game. And I mean, what, that's 23 points in six minutes against Tennessee. That's pretty good against this defensive team, but they just got on a roll. Tennessee couldn't stop them. Tennessee couldn't score. And then again, you just get taken over by by Dalton Connect. Um, so I didn't, I didn't come out of this probably because my thing was as I'm, you know, of course I'm, I'm getting ready for us to come in to explain the Southeastern 14 kiss of death as Auburn goes up eight with 12 minutes to go. And I'm thinking, oh boy, like Auburn's about to win this game. We're going to have to really talk about this, this whole phenomenon. But as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, what do we say? And I look back and I'm thinking, okay, how could we have predicted Auburn to go in and beat Tennessee? when you look at it, I mean, their best road win on the season is Ole Miss, right? Um, a team that's probably not in the NCAA tournament right now. And so all the other road games, they'd come up short, whether it's Alabama, Mississippi State, Florida, um, and now, you know, this one in Tennessee. So, but I think that's one of the common things, though, is outside of that Florida game where we said that was the, as Max and I dubbed it, the bad spot game, where you just you just felt like they were going to go in and get hammered maybe. And they did. Um They've had their chances at Alabama. They had their chance at Mississippi State. They had their chances at Tennessee. But, again, it's not like they're just going and getting blown out. And so, again, my my thought hasn't changed. I think Tennessee and Auburn are still the two most complete teams. You didn't change your opinion on that after that game. And, yeah, I mean, does it put Auburn now in, in a tough spot in terms of it, – it's wild to think, but Auburn would be the, the sixth seed right now in the SEC tournament. I mean, think about that. Think about how – important that was for a team that you know i guess still theoretically has a chance to win the sec but right now they would be the sixth seed right max because here's what you would have tennessee and alabama are tied at the top tennessee holds a tiebreaker depending on what happens on saturday that could change Mm -hmm. south carolina is third by themselves 11-4 three-way tie auburn kentucky florida what's your record between the other teams well auburn is what they're 0-2 So they're automatically last in that category while Florida and Kentucky both have a win. So yes, as of right now, um, Auburn would be sixth. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but I don't think they're sixth in terms of where, where they actually are probably um, moving forward. I still think, as I said, these are the two most complete teams. And I think you kind of saw that pan out last night in that game.
3: Before we move on real quick, I just want to touch on Auburn real quick also and, Listen, they scored 84. The previous SEC high at the Food City or center, or whatever it's called, was 71 with Alabama. And that wasn't a blowout. That was a 20-point blowout that some garbage time gave Alabama the chance to get up above 70. So Auburn's offensive performance last night was, was, was really, really good. Uh, and I think you got to give a ton of that credit to Jani Broome. I mean, he was, he was really phenomenal, and, he, and even his assists – His assists were just as big as his baskets in some cases. But just the one thing that I'm still concerned about with Auburn, and I've said it a few times uh, this year, is the guard play, especially in big games, big situations. Trey Donaldson has only scored one point in his last three games. Uh, Aiden Holloway scores five last night. Katie Johnson's had three or more fouls in four straight games. And so it's like when we just get off of watching the Kentucky game two nights ago and we see, okay, crunch time, give it to Shepard, give it to Dillingham, give it to Wagner, give it to Reeves, give it to anybody, and they'll go get you a basket. With this Auburn team, I don't get that feeling. It's like, oh, gosh, we got to get Jani Broom a touch and and try to work through him and see if we can get a good basket. I don't get the one-on-one takeover, I'm going to go get you a basket from – from Donaldson from Holloway from Katie Johnson so the guard play is still pretty concerning Uh, I I think it's just an element of the game that this Auburn team doesn't have right now and and really hasn't all year
2: well that's the thing too I say coming into this I'm like what's I said Auburn the two things Tennessee does to people is they don't allow them to get good shots they don't shoot it well in Knoxville of course and they're gonna turn you. They're gonna turn you over. It's just hard not to have turnovers against this team. And Auburn ends up turning over 16 times. They shot it okay, nine of 22. They'll take yep. that. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard to have the perfect where either of those two areas you just go in and play great against Tennessee because they're gonna find a way to make it tough on you. Whether it is forcing a bad percentage because you're taking bad shots, uh, contested shots, or they're just gonna turn you over. And give them the opportunity to turn that into offense for themselves, and so, yeah, it just, um, yeah, Auburn. Was, Auburn had it going there for a little bit, but what do you do about Dalton Connect? So, elsewhere, around the same time. Well, hold on a second, Chris. Oh, okay. I always like to jump ahead. <laughs> um, I thought you were done. No, I I was teasing earlier oh. that
1: I was not done. Oh, we're we're um, we're teeing up tweets, aren't we? That's what we're doing.
2: <laughs> Wasn't me. Wasn't Max. Mean. This guy suspense <laughs> does not apply. He has no. I just. I mean, I mean. This is just out of control these days. Power rankings. He oh, wants to just give away that. number one two seconds into the power rankings video, hey, buddy. I've already got us in March. I'm just trying to get you caught up with me here. Holy cow! I've so got this cool. great presentation that I put together, and Chris is like, "Oh yeah, he's got the presentation." And let me tell you exactly what it is. It's a bunch of tweets. This guy. What do you got? Before we get to it, I was going to also bring this up. Um, Auburn's remaining schedule. Mississippi Mm -hmm. State at home, at Missouri, home against Georgia. Good chance Auburn's going to be 13-5. and And I think we are setting up for a wild scenario in this SEC title race where you could have a gazillion teams at 13-5. and But we won't get into that just yet. Tennessee's remaining schedule, as we know, at Alabama on Saturday, at South Carolina on Wednesday, home against Kentucky. The following saturday what a stretch for the vols all right speaking of the vols i'm gonna give you a story here in three chapters all right so a three chapter story the first part of the story is assuming <laughs> that the southeastern 14 kiss of death just does not exist okay that is where the story starts all right you know the southeastern 14 kiss of death is there but you're just going to act like it doesn't exist right so that's part one. Okay. So everybody's nervous. Why, why are we doing this to Tennessee fans? I, the, the pressure on me, as I always say, is just unlike any other you can think of out there. So the pressure's on me for that. So then once you, once you acknowledge that the Southeastern 14 kiss of death does exist, then what happens, Max, then it becomes, <laughs> we start the cursing part of this. Okay. <laughs> because Reese then adds, so you know, here's the deal. Um, Blake, I will curse you on my tombstone. You had the chance to deny the curse and you didn't. I'll never forget, ever. All right, so you know one one party here has acknowledged or tried to tried to just push away this this thought that our picking could you know whatever right it's not a thing it doesn't exist. And then Reese fully acknowledging that it does and letting us know that you know, we are responsible. Or more more importantly, I'm responsible here for the outcome of this game. Okay? But to bring it full circle, this is where, you know, cooler heads prevail. After mm. you go from denying the existence, existence existence of it to then being upset about it to then forgiving the way Reese has <laughs> done here. Reese says, "You are forgiven. I love you." don't do it again so quite a story there i must say um as we you know kind of as we always say it it doesn't apply to every game okay doesn't apply to every game the southeastern 14 kiss of death went over on this particular sec game slate because we got another game to talk about later on i think that we all well actually max i think may have changed his pick at the end officially for this team, oh, at the end. that's but, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I shouldn't have. You shouldn't have. But, anyways, Tennessee fans, calm down. We're all going to pick you on Saturday against Alabama, and you'll have nothing to worry about. You'll just be nervous. It'll be okay. Just kidding. I don't know if we're all going to pick you. We'll find out. We'll find out.
1: I, I think my favorite part is how Reese just subtly slipped in the "I, I love you" in the middle of all that.
2: I mean, well, again, it's it, it's understanding that. You know, come on. It's okay. Like, th- this is n- this does not decide a game, our picks, okay? I understand the weight that's on my shoulders. I get it. But there's more to basketball than me picking games.
3: I love the difference in strategies, how some people will refuse, maybe a little bit of a denial f- factor, refuse to accept mm-hmm. it, but then some will, will go the complete opposite
2: route and <laughs> curse you down. <laughs> and yeah. i love them both it's a scene man it's a scene yep well speaking of
1: denial i know where man is in denial
0: if you travel for work you know to pack two suits business and swim you know with your delta sky miles business amex card buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status you know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park.
1: Yellowstone, check.
0: Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta Sky Miles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amic you know business.
1: About what's going on in Columbia. And boy, last night, oh, they tried. Dennis Gates tried. He, he got,
0: oh. and it Remember was all right me?
1: there. I mean, he got, he got 20 points out of Sean East. He got 15 from Tamar Bates. Might have wanted a little bit more there, but that'll play when Nick Honor gives you 18. He even dusted off Connor Vanover and got 12 points. Had him within striking distance. Didn't matter. Florida 83, Missouri 74. Tyree Samuel goes for 28 and 10. Zion Pullen has a bounce back game. Scoring 21 points, dishing out three assists and only one turnover. Blake, your client Dennis Gates. This is what he's got left. He's got. All right, let's get to this
2: game. Get get this nonsense out of here. (laughs) All right, so let me just tell you right now, it's it's official. The Ken Palm update for Thursday: the unluckiest team in college basketball this season. Three hundred and sixty-two teams that play this great sport that we love. The unluckiest team in college basketball. The missouri tigers 362 out of 362 they're now unluckier than murray state which we didn't think could be done but they are after last season they were the 10th luckiest team in the country they are the unluckiest team you couldn't play it out this way a hundred times and get the same result but let me tell you something right now when the missouri tigers come to nashville for the sec tournament they're going to be on a mission They're going to go out and win the whole thing. Probably not, but (laughs) here's what I'll tell you. They lost by nine last night in games that Sean East has played in SEC play. Let's run through the gauntlet here. This will be good. Lost by seven to Georgia. Lost by two in overtime to South Carolina. Lost by six at A&M. Lost by eight at South Carolina. Lost by seven against Arkansas. Lost by seven at Vanderbilt lost by three at Ole Miss, lost by five to Tennessee, lost by nine to Florida. Again, you Mm. could play this out a hundred times and this team would have two or more wins somewhere along the way. Like, I just, this has been the unluckiest team I have maybe ever seen in SEC play, ever. Even the Vanderbilt team that went over that wasn't luck. That was more than that. So, this team has just been completely unlucky, and you want to know one of the reasons why. Look at this game right here. Let's let's look at something on the stat sheet in particular in this game. How many games this season has Noah Carter gone scoreless before this Florida game? I'll give you the answer. Probably none. You know, we know zero. zero. He has scored at least six points in every single game this season up until that game last night. So if you add six, sure, they still lose by two. But the point is, like this is just the way it's gone for this team, is every time you are close, there is something that just does not allow you to get over the hump and win this game. So yes, I'm sure people will have their fun with this, and they'll act like last season did not exist for the Missouri Tigers. But I'm here to tell you that, as wild as it seems, they're 0-15 in the SEC. But they're not even the worst, close to the worst team I've seen in the SEC in recent years. But, but here they are. That's just that's the way this season has gone. There's been very little room for error. And it seems like every single time that that room for error is there, it just, Missouri's the team that capitalized on it, and it just turns the other way. So, brutal, brutal. For the tigers so that's all i got that's all i gotta say that's my my prepared statement for my client Dennis. Goods.
3: blake i'm surprised you didn't make a claim here do you think that this is grounds for maybe a a best 8 and 20 team in the country i agreed
2: agreed oh, there, there can't be a better wow, competition there team buddy let there, me tell you there cannot be a better 8 and 20 team in america than the Missouri Tigers. Oh, I don't know. The 8-20s and 20s played head-to-head a couple weeks ago. We know how that turned out. Ooh. Okay. Well, Ooh. again, that game was played in Nashville. If you play it in Columbia, Vanderbilt loses the game. Missouri beats them in Columbia. But Since it, we're again, doing hypotheticals. Luck, um look. This year's Missouri and 2021-22 20,
1: Georgia, who you got? Missouri. Easily.
3: Yeah, yeah. Of course you do. Easy. That's where we are. Let's talk about Florida a little bit though, because they, they did some good things here, despite Missouri making it, you know, closer than anticipated with the 13 point spread. I thought Tyree Samuel was phenomenal. But we we pretty we, we were all over that. We said that this is, you know, a Missouri team that doesn't handle physicality well. And then Samuel, I think that was his season high. I might be lying there, but pretty sure that was his season high. Um but Walter Clayton follows out, you know, that, that can, that's what Sean East can do to you with how, with how aggressive Sean East and Tamar Bates, both of them, if they just had one more piece, one more, one more score, it, it would, it would be huge. Um, But the other thing, the last thing for Florida that I am not concerned about, but it's just like a, a note is, is they only made their bench only made one field goal. That was, that was a layup by Riley Kugel. Um and, I just I would like a little bit more out of the bench, out of guys like Condon, Kugel, Haw. Haw's been really playing really well. So I didn't like the bench scoring, but the starters did enough for Florida here. Ugly win, but I guess you'll take it. Footnote
1: here, what happened to Noah Carter? He he played 14 minutes, he didn't score, he didn't get a foul. Was there an injury there that I mean, that was at the same time as Auburn and Tennessee. So it's not like we were just
3: completely locked in on that one. I don't think he got injured.
2: Well, Max is looking that up. <clears throat> I'm looking it up right now. You, do you want to... This is, this is going to blow <laughs> Th- your
1: There's mind. not a podcast anywhere in the country that's talking
2: more Missouri basketball today than we just this, did. But this is going to blow your mind. Do you want to know... <laughs> if I gave you a million guesses as to naming three other teams that are 8-20, and 20, I mean, this is... like You could not draw this up any wackier... Than the teams that are 8 and 20 right now. We're going to take Coastal Carolina out of the mix, okay? You just said it. We know Vanderbilt's the other team. The two other teams that are 8 and 20 Michigan and Louisville. Oh, Michigan. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How about that? So, I mean, just think about, right? Like these two teams played for the national championship. What year was that? 2000? It was a few years ago. 13? Yeah, 2013. They played for the national championship. Both eight and twenty. Of course, that's a decade ago. Got him. But wasn't Michigan old. just in the final four? Right. Michigan was just, I mean, not far long ago, right? So I mean, wild, man. Just wild to think. I'm about. gonna
1: I'm gonna throw it out there. You know, we got we got the C B I, we got the whatever that other knockoff tournament is outside the the NIT. N I T. Uh no, it's the C B I the N I T? How do you remember? No, no, I know the NIT. There's the NIT, the CBI, and what's in there there another one?
2: The CIT. Is that the still CIT? around?
1: The <laughs> CIT. We should I do know. the SEC 14 IT. We, we'll have it in Nashville and like Missouri, Vandy, Louisville, and Michigan and just play it out, settle it for all time.
2: Well, don't let the fans in the attendance. because Oh, man. You put they you put all funny. those – four of those fan bases in attendance. The coaches are going to have to be – I don't know. So, mm Anyways, the
1: previews and the whole thing
2: oh boy well all what right Florida, last night? congratulations you got a big game on saturday against south carolina so that's a you know, huge one the gators just keep winning games gators
1: all right next up i think we called it daddy father whatever we're going to call him I feel, I feel like we're getting a little more intimate with with that fan base we can call we can call him. we've moved from father to daddy well that's a little, you're a little doing less that. formal max, you're and I, doing
0: not, we're max and I have
2: not said daddy one time all right you're saying, saying that, that. Just, <laughs> all right whatever it Just doesn't sound right i'm sorry we're we are not <laughs> saying that you are saying that chris so well unbelievable he was, he was Texas AM's daddy
1: last night. Uh the, the the battle of the what guard can make the last play, Carolina won it. I thought Michi Johnson and Cooper, especially Johnson, were really good down the stretch. Hey, um AM was amped up playing. I I think for its season. I, I don't know what the path for for AM is now. I mean, I guess you beat Mississippi State or win it all miss when at Georgia you're in, but fifteen and thirteen. And headed the wrong direction. I, I don't. I, I think it's very unlikely. I, I don't. I don't see South Carolina any way that the Gamecocks get left out of the tournament now. Not that that was a real possibility, but yeah. I mean, I, that was a that was a very entertaining last minute where the teams went back and forth, and oh yeah, you knew if a And M had a guy that was going to make a play, you knew it was going to be Wade Taylor. He made it, and then and Carolina just made one more.
2: Yeah, I mean. This is the the bubble burster, the South yep. Carolina Gamecocks. Yep, they just eliminated two SEC teams in back-to-back games. Um, really, they they probably did so. Probably. Although I did get the ESPN alert last night that AM is somehow still in the field, <laughs> and what? I'm like, no. there's no chance. No, there's no chance that they are. No. Um, now I don't. It's it didn't say that exactly. It said something like, yeah. even with this loss, A and M is still. I don't think it was maybe in, but I think it's like still right there. And I'm thinking, are they going to have to go 15 and 16 for them to not be right there? I mean, have they have they put together a resume, the likes of which we've never seen, uh, to where they're going to be the first 500 team that gets in at large? But, yeah, I mean, I we said it was a matter of who you trusted more in this game and just trusted South Carolina more than I trusted Texas A&M. And, um, you know, it's kind of that thing where South Carolina's grinding them, grinding them, grinding them, up 13, like five minutes into the second half. And, you know, a made a run. I think you kind of expected that. You knew it was going to happen. Because we, we've seen teams make a run against South Carolina. That's the thing, and we said it. Like, it's just sometimes you may see the offense slow down a little bit. Teams are just inevitably going to hit some shots, um, even as well as they play defense. But it's the same story. I mean – a&M theoretically probably needs to make 30 plus free throws a game to feel like offensively they're going to be at a level where they can consistently win games. Um because they go two of 17 from three. Shocker against South Carolina, right? Even, I mean, we talk about it's not even just the fact that AM can't shoot. It's that's just what South Carolina does. They're not going to give you those kind of looks. They didn't do it here. Um, and once again, it was I mean, it was just kind of the same thing for AM. And so South Carolina held them off, but I thought they did a really good job. And I, watching this game. I'm like, A&M's not getting those second chance opportunities, but we said that max going into this, we said, if there's a team that's going to be aggressive and physical to the point to where AM's not going to get the same type of second chance opportunities that they usually get against other teams, it's South Carolina. Cause they're going to be in there. They're going to physical, they're going to push you around. Um, and they've got grown men in there, you know, that are battling for the rebounds and, and all this kind of stuff. So, Yeah, I mean I I mean it's just this is what South Carolina has done all season. And so this was the perfect example of that. They've not blown a lot of people out, but they just win. They just find a way to win games. They've got winners on the floor. And they just go out in these close games. They've been in a lot of them this season, whether it's at Tennessee, you know, the game at home against Ole Miss where Ole Miss makes the comeback. Now you get one like this. Where, yeah, I mean, really, they, they've they – I mean, you just – you think about it, right? Like, the games they've lost, they obviously got blown out at Alabama, blown out at Auburn, um, close game at Clemson, the one-point loss at home to LSU, and then you had the five-point loss to Georgia, which if you played that nine times out of ten right now, South Carolina's going to win that, you know, nine times. So, yeah, so I just – man, they just keep doing it. And so um, this was the perfect – description of what South Carolina can do to you right here and it came down to the final play and as they've done all season they made the play when it mattered so
3: Blake, I'm not I'm not going to share my screen there'd be too much work but when I tell you I have written down in my notes the same exact line as you just as you said there when you were breaking it I was shocked I have Texas A&M 2 of 17 from 3 dot 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 shocker you said the same exact line and that's just you know I was just like, yep, same old story. Like could have seen that one coming. One thing that I did not I've not really seen on Twitter, and we haven't really talked about it much. This is now back to back road games here that South Carolina has won without Miles Studi. No Miles, like, do do we not under we understand how how much Studio adds to the perimeter attack? Especially offensively. Uh, you know, Studey's just on, I feel like he's just under 40%. Yep, about 39% from three. So he adds a lot to this, to the scoring. Uh, and when you play a slow tempo, that can, you know, that can impact the offense. But it feels like he hasn't even, they haven't missed a beat because of how good Zach Davis has been. I mean, really, really good defender, Zach Davis. Uh, he plays what? The second most minutes right up there with Cooper. Like how valuable has Zach Davis been for South Carolina uh sixteen and fourteen in his past uh two games. That's back to back season highs, season high against Ole Miss, then breaks it here against AM. So so you can just tell. I feel like we said it a while ago, like how connected this team is. You can just you can just tell now. We're late February and a guy, you know, studio's out or uh, you know, maybe a guy like B.J. Mack or Josh Gray, one of their big guys, doesn't have a good game. It doesn't really matter. They've got so they're so connected, and they've got so many different guys in each position. This team has been just disrespected after disrespected, especially on the Vegas line. And what they're five, almost a six-point underdog in this one. Uh, I mean, I pick. I'm just no matter what, I'm going to pick against South Carolina every time because I have to. I've committed to feeding into Lamont Paris's need for doubters, uh, and that seems like that's been working. Um, But once I, it's kind of similar, Blake, to how when we saw the Kentucky line open up at at you know they're at minus four or I mean plus four. It's like whoa, geez, that's a little bit out there. Same thing here. I saw it at one point get up to to six, and I was like, geez, in this low scoring of a game, South Carolina, you're gonna give them six points? I just, I was getting the feeling when I was seeing that line, like, oh boy. This South Carolina is going to come in here and win this one,
2: guys. There's
1: one thing I've been meaning to ask on AM for a while. We've talked about the the shooting, and that's the main reason that they've not performed well. But what's happened to Henry Coleman the third? He started the season really well. Like I'll give you a four game stretch, and he was good last year too. Second game of the year, he scores 20 at Ohio State in their win. Gets 13 in a win over a pretty good SMU team. Gets 19 in a win over Oral Roberts. And then goes for 24 in a win over Penn State. It's four games right in a row. Did, did some other things in non-conference play. Opens the season in conference play with 17 points against Auburn. Since then, he has scored double figures four times, the high being 13. Last night, he gets two points in 14 minutes. I don't know what's going on with Henry Coleman, but I didn't see that one coming.
2: I do. I think it's pretty clear.
1: NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com/partner. NetCredit, credit to the people.
2: Buzz just decided he's playing Anderson Garcia more. Oh yeah, Garcia. Like, I stayed, mean, that's yeah. it. For whatever reason, I mean, that's that's it. Like you look at the minutes and you see those two look at the swap, right? Like, I mean, he played them, He played them more together earlier in the season, but, like, now I think it's just sort of he's playing. Garcia's minutes have gone up, right, Max? I mean, he's up to – I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess earlier in the season he was playing probably 23, 24-plus. But, like, in SEC play, he's had a lot of 30-plus-minute games. Um, I'd say well, most you, games he's played 30-plus. Yeah.
3: When you look on Kempom, you look at the the past five games, what their most recent lineups have been, uh, their overwhelming majority, their top lineup, 17.3% uh, of all their possessions. Next highest is nine. So overwhelming majority of their possessions. The four and the five have been Solomon Washington and Anderson Washington. Garcia. That's yep. been the starting lineup. So yep. for some reason, that's just what Buzz has gone to over the past five games. It's resulted yep. in five losses.
2: So I, Washington's I minutes have definitely gone up. From Well, he was hurt season. also. He was hurt. Right. That's true. I mean, that, that's like, probably got a lot to do with it. Yeah, I mean, he's played 30-plus minutes three of the last six games. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just – I mean, that's how coaches are, right? Like, you just you, – you've got three guys, which those three guys are all very similar in terms of, you know, kind of what their needs are or what they need from them on the floor. And he's picked two and he's gone with it. And, yeah, it just seems like Coleman has kind of been the – not every time, but, like, he's just – At sometimes he's kind of the odd man out at times. So for whatever reason, so, yeah,
3: real, real quick, before we move
2: on from A&M, we always talk about how
3: Dennis Gates expected to have this guy and that guy. We do not really talk about the absence of Julius marble and how much that might've affected this year's team. And now that we're talking about Henry Coleman in the front court, I just feel like we, you know, we haven't mentioned that maybe as much as we, we could have when, you know, this was their starting center, and then late in the summer he's ineligible and can't play the whole year. I mean, that's a big blow. That's a huge blow. So we just don't mention that much. And I think we gotta remember that sometimes when we're talking about kind of the disappointment of AM this year.
2: Actually, real quickly, I'm looking at this, but it looks like like the starting lineups that AM has had I guess he's gone what? Hold on a second. I'm trying to look through this. I guess Because if you look at it, like, Coleman started – he's only started one game since the third game of SEC play. And Washington has started – up until last night, he had started, I don't know, like 10 or 12 straight games. But then you keep looking at it, and you're like, okay, who else is – Jace Carter started a lot, but he's at a different position. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been interesting to see kind of, yeah, how that rotation's gone there for them. but i don't know i mean i think max said something too the marble thing we expect them to have him going the season and we were just thinking all right look how well that duo played last year back on the floor again this year another year of experience yeah they're going to be set but take that out of it no dexter dennis yeah it's two big pieces from last year's team that's huge so So,
1: yeah Yeah. and they were they had a pretty good non-conference season after last year's really knocked him down probably a couple of seeds in in the tournament. So yeah. Just I mean a, after that
3: Houston game,
1: you know, and we lost by four. Yeah. That was the the Wade Taylor game. But yep. just a just a weird that, that's not I mean I, I can understand how that's just not something I saw coming. I thought he was a really solid player a year ago. I remember back pre conference, if you're going through saying top 20 players in the league, Henry Coleman I think had a had a Arguments be on the list. And and now he's just almost irrelevant. So, anyway. Interesting. (sighs) Ole Miss thought the Rebels were maybe going to play their way back into the NCAA tournament. And then Alabama closed like a freight train in the first half. And that was that. Max, I'll let you start here.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, they're up by 15 with five minutes left in the first half, and then Alabama scores almost 20 points in five minutes. I saw, I think it was Jordan Harper that, that tweeted it out. The last 25 minutes of this game, so five minutes left of the first half and the second half, Alabama scored 80. What? What? 80. They scored 80 in the last 25 minutes. They had 23 points with 507 remaining in the first half. They ended with 103. They scored 80 points in 25 minutes. I'm sitting there watching the game. I'm like, oh my gosh. I switched to Ole Miss last second. I'm, I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna get an outright winner here as a six-point underdog. That vanished like that. I mean. I'm not gonna lie. I've been pulling for this Ole Miss team all year because I was high on them in the preseason, and I feel like this was, this was the clubber Lang uppercut blow that just knocked them out. I mean, now, now Ole Miss is gonna have to, they're gonna have to win that game at home against A and M. They cannot drop that, and then they got to do some damage in the tourney also, the SEC tourney. Um, so, backs against the wall right now for the Rebels, but for Alabama, which I think is the, the story of this game, put up 103 without Wrightsell, who offensively grades as one of their best their best offensive uh, players. And you have Grant Nelson and Ryland Griffin play 25 minutes or less because they foul out, both of them. Blake, please just, just take the Ole Miss pain away. And and have your fun with Alabama here because I know that I know that you're you're ready to sing your praises here.
2: Well, for starters, you know, just for full <laughs> transparency here, you know, I like to like to make sure we're accurate on certain things and I did you mean, I did, you mean when you gloat, you
1: like to make sure you're well,
2: accurate. that's not true. I don't I don't like to gloat. I just like to be real. Um I, I will <laughs> Say this, Chris was trying to convince me there was a better chance that Alabama would score a hundred than Ole Miss beating Alabama. Um, so I will, I will give Chris the the layup here for that. It's one. a lot um, to take back. Congratulations, <laughs> yeah, you did take it back. So <laughs> I was trying to help you there, but yeah, um, you know, I think Alabama is just going to outscore some teams, and they've not done a bad job at that so far in the SEC season, fifteen games in um at 12 and 3 the last 5 games for the Alabama Crimson Tide <laughs> 109 100
0: 98 95 103 like
2: basketball is game dial. of scoring are we playing video games on rookie w- yes that's what we're doing um <laughs> we're playing video games right now jeez and again i i love the thoughts and the really just philosophical statements on the alabama crimson tide defensive play but i like to keep things simple and if you score that many points you got a really good chance of winning a lot of games and the tide just keep on rolling with their offensive output right here and yeah i mean this was we said it remember the reason i was like i have to pick. Alabama in this game is because every good offensive team Ole Miss had played had just sliced and diced them. Yep. And once again, the theme here, Alabama shoots 61% from two. They shoot 41% from three. I mean, it's very simple. Like that has been the trend all season with Ole Miss when they play good offensive teams. They're going to give up high percentages and Alabama was going to make a run. If anyone ever thought at any point in this game that Ole Miss was just going to run away with this, was never gonna happen because they've just not been consistently good defensively to the point to where they were gonna be able to slow them down. Now I know what Alabama fans can say here too. They're like, Alec Flanagan goes off for 28 in this game. What happens if that guy's not playing in this game? What is the score line here? Um, and so how about this though? Like just look at all the different guys that contributed here for Alabama. Estrada the Cosby, unbelievable triple double, yeah, for this Darren guy Cosby. Max, sorry, no, not you. Do you uh, see what Chris just did? I was about to bring up Cosby and all this other stuff, and once again, the suspense first. just completely ruined.
3: I did Chris say Lee. the Cosby game. I said it too. Oh,
2: you said that? Okay, I thought it was Chris. I mean, I'm just I'm used to him jumping in, and you know, you, know, you want to go ahead and give the final scores for Tennessee, Alabama, Chris, and go ahead and give the spoiler sure, for everybody. Not. Um, Yeah, the, the Cosby game goes 15 points, is knocking threes left and right, looking like Max Barr out there on the perimeter. Um, You know, Sears, uh, you know, that Sears guy. He just had 26, whatever, right? Yeah, he's doing all right. Uh, he's okay. Uh, how do you think about it, right? I just – somebody's got to win SEC Player of the Year, and we think we know who it's going to be. But you put any of these kind of guys in any other year, they're all Player of the Year's. Yeah. Uh, the top four in the race are probably winning player of the year in, if, in any other year. So it's wild. Griffin, Nelson, Pringle, Stevenson, Cosby, everybody. Just huge, huge. I mean, you had what? One, two, three, four. Yeah. So you had four guys that had multiple threes. It's just that's the way Alabama does it. And so the tide, a great bounce back performance after giving up 117 at Kentucky. And this was exactly what you want to see against an Ole Miss team that just has not been able to put it all together um, against good teams. And that's just kind of been the story. And I think that was the last opportunity for the Rebels. Uh, Now they're going to have to win multiple games in the SEC tournament while also winning out the rest of the way at Missouri, at Georgia, home against Texas A&M. Here's my proposition for Ole Miss, okay? If you think that you're out of the tournament now and you don't think there's a way you can play your way in, unless it's through winning the SEC tournament, here's what I think they should do, Max. You let me know if you're on board with this. I think Chris Beard should rest his starters in the game on Saturday at Missouri. I think he should just say, you know what? You guys just take the day off, come back the following week, get ready to go. I think that's a good plan. Get them rested up for the SEC tournament. Don't play Flanagan, Morel, Brakefield, Murray. Just just let these guys have a, a game off. That's what I think they should do on Saturday. At Missouri is what I remember, at Missouri on Saturday, yep. I think they should take the day off is what I think.
3: So I, I fully agree. You know, player safety is, is what we're all about here. Yes. And and because of that, I think it's only best that Shawnee's Tamar Bates, and Nick – Well, Ryan hold on, on a second now. Hold on. Let's, what is going on here?
2: Let's not get carried away. He's but
3: trying to give no. Missouri
2: a win. That's what's happening. Yes. No, now no, no, no. for no. the Rebel life right here. No. I'm trying to help Ole Miss get ready for the SEC tournament. That's all I'm trying to do. And I think this mm-hmm. is a game. You come off of this hard-fought matchup against the Crimson Tide. I think that you just – I think you should rest your starters. Is what I think you should do. So it's just I'm just if Chris Beard, we can we can have a chat. It's fine. Um, just just one option. It's one option. I'm not saying they got to do it, but it, it's an option. I think it is an option. So.
3: Here's something quick for you guys. Uh, Bruce Pearl said it in his uh, his post game. He said um, they were talking about Dalton Connect and like Player of the Year and stuff. And he said, "Listen," he said, "If Tennessee wins the league, I'll pick Dalton Connect to win it. If Alabama wins the league, I'll pick Mark Sears to win it." What do you what do you what do you think about that that statement and kind of like that philosophy of well, I'm just gonna pick the best player on the best team?
2: No. There's usually not anything wrong with that. I mean, it usually works out fine if you do it that way most years. So I just feel like that's I,
1: that's a little bit of a lazy way out. I mean, I get it. And it's probably close enough that you can justify it just as a as a statement in principle, I don't like that. Because sometimes you get a great player that lifts a mediocre team that wouldn't even be in the conversation. That's
3: a great point. Yeah, the race is heating up, though. I think a lot of people after last night said, oh, okay, the SEC player of the year race is uh, is, is finished. But, uh, I mean, what happens if uh, Alabama hosts Tennessee on Saturday and Mark Sears goes for 40? Does that, then it's – is it Mark Sears has it on lock? I don't think it's locked down yet. I think there's still a lot riding here in the last few games.
1: Yeah, I want to ask you guys a question. We, we just talked about Connect getting 25 points in the last 12 minutes or whatever. What was the string Kentucky had the other day scoring 43 points in the final 12, 12 and a half? It was something like that. I don't know. The exact and then one. just to, to put a bow on what you said, I, I looked it up. Uh, under five minutes in the first half, Ole Miss is leading 37 to 23. At the 438 mark, Mark Sears hits a three pointer. So from four minutes and 39 seconds of the first half on, Alabama scores 80 points in the final 29 minutes and 38 seconds. Those are three unbelievably impressive things. Which is the if, if you had to pick one, I've got an answer. I want to see what you guys think.
3: Pick one. Like, what's the most impressive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your I don't answer, know. Chris? what's your answer? What's your answer? Yeah. What's your answer? What was Well,
1: answer? I I think it's I think
2: it's what Alabama did because. You occasionally will see a what's that team to score eighty points in twenty five minutes or twenty six minutes? There's nobody.
1: Yeah, that's that's why I think that's the most impressive of those three feats. I think they're all right. right. I thought there was going to be more suspense. (laughs) I'm asking you a question. If you think it's that cut and dry, just come out and say it.
2: Well no, I just I thought you were setting us up like for us to answer something else and you come back with well, let me tell you why it's not Alabama. Mm. Usually that's what you do, but now you're just like no, it's oh, the, okay. basically the setup you had for us is exactly the answer. So, yeah, I agree. So.
3: Just because you think that way doesn't mean I <laughs>
2: mean. <laughs> Why? Why are you getting <laughs> angry at me?
3: Imagine being a fan of like uh Virginia who just had three straight games oh. scoring in the 40s. Oh. And then you. Yeah, there was a Virginia, you Virginia, watched, you watched a Virginia a account tagged
2: game. me on Twitter, or they quote tweeted something I said about, I don't know what it was. It maybe was the Kentucky game. Yeah, it was the Kentucky Alabama game. We were pointing yeah. out like the score at halftime and all that. Yeah. And Virginia just tagged me with an emoji, just laughing. Like, <laughs> how did we get here? <laughs> like, unbelievable. This game at halftime is outdrawing most of our games that we play for forty minutes. So. Yeah. Mm. But guess what? Those that that fan base has in the past recent history that kentucky alabama and teams like that don't Mm. as a national championship
3: so all i know is that i picked them to win it all when they lost to umbc so
2: oh (sighs) i picked picked umbc of course in that game (laughs) Mm -hmm.
3: i picked i picked virginia to win it all when they lost to umbc and i picked kentucky to win it all when they lost to st peter's
2: well that's that's the chris lee move right there that's what we call that but
3: Whoever I have winning at all, because I'll pick an SEC team because I'm a homer. But oh. I, I'm sorry.
2: Bye-bye, Tennessee. <laughs> You're done.
1: We're doing a bang-up job here pre-promoting our, our NCAA tournament previews.
2: Mm. There we go. All right. That's all we got. Coming. We got to get out of here. I
1: try to get us to March. And at the rate we're going, it may be March before we finish. But all good things must come to an end, at least for a day. And then you got it all starting back again on Saturday. We'll have all that covered for you. We'll recap it. Previews coming. We'll have uh, probably some up today, Thursday, of weekend games. Maybe. Have some tomorrow for sure. Max and I are working on Bracketology. I'm following baseball. We got all kinds of stuff going. Talking football. It's crazy here. It's madness. It's almost here. We're here for it. Almost. Hope you're here for us. Best way to do that. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Tell a friend. For Max Bar, Blake Global, I'm Chris Lee. We're Southeastern 14, presented by Bet Online. Net credit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need.